0: thanks lee thanks megan for leading us this morning we just give thanks to god for uh for blessing us with with th- that wonderful worship this morning and wonderful talented family um, man that was awesome i love that um i want to share i want to start this morning by by sharing something with you uh about about me we uh i don't know if you know this or not about me but uh, something that 's kind of happened in my life recently uh, is i 've become a, a little bit of a builder uh, i 've started building things and, and I have shared with you before i 'm not the most handy man in the world. Uh, I come from a long line of handy men my my granddad on my mother 's side and my uncles are both uh, they're all really handy, but, but I just, I haven't been my whole life. I just haven't been able to have lots of great things, but that's not one of them. Right. And, um, I can't remember if I told you this story, but maybe uh, a couple of years ago, I had this project at my house. I was building some stairs that went from my back door to my patio. And I invited my, my dad, and my uncles, they came over and they helped me b- with this building project. And it turned out great. It's, it's still, you know, in great shape today, but, um, a few weeks after that, my uncle who lives in Nashville started a little building project at his house and I wanted to return the favor and so I said, hey, just let me know when to be there and I'll be there and and uh, there was kind of this pause on the phone he said, well Trey, how about when we're done you can come have a prayer over it, kind of a christening service and uh, so that's, that, that just gives you a little glimpse into how, how well my building skills have been in the past. But, but anyways, that, that's kind of changing these days. Over the last few months, I've started to become a little bit of a builder. And, and so I decided a few months ago I was going to build this swing set. Uh, Kind of like an obstacle course, Ninja Warrior course in the backyard, if you're familiar with that. And uh, I actually looked into how much it would cost to have somebody come and and do it. And my my uncles weren't available during that time, so I just decided I was going to build it myself. And I'm so proud of it, I decided to put a picture up here just to show it to you. Here's a little picture of of this little swing set thing that I built in the backyard. You see the kids there playing. It looks like William might be on his way to the emergency room with that... that grip he's got on there, but, uh, but that's, that's an example of one of my building projects that I've done, and, um, I'm, I'm not quite done with it yet, there's another phase to it, but, uh, but after a couple of weeks of rain and a couple of months of physical therapy, I decided to uh, postpone postpone the second half of that building project. But something else happened in the in the midst of that. When I put that on hold, I found another building project that I wanted to do. But this time it was inside. I don't know if I told you yet, but I'm I'm becoming a little bit of a builder, right? And um, so so I decided that I was going to do some built-in bookshelves at my house upstairs. We got a bonus room and it's kind of bare. And so I thought, you know what? I got a ton of books that are just sitting in closet, and and um, I need a place to get all my books out so i can start using them so i decided to do some built-in bookshelves uh upstairs in my bonus room and so for the last few weeks uh myself my wife my kids my parents they've all been coming over we been working on it and last night uh, i put up some of the last pieces you can see there's still a couple of boards that need to be painted but but these are my built-in bookshelves i'm really proud of them um thank you very much i appreciate that yeah if you, if, if you knew if you knew how uh, how um, how mu- how big of a deal this was you, you would you would be proud of me, but uh, the reason why I'm sharing it with you this morning not to brag but I mean maybe a little bit but the main reason that I'm sharing it with you this morning is I've learned a few things along the way uh, for over over the last few months my extensive experience in building I've learned some things that I think apply uh, to the sermon today is what I want to share with you and there's there's four little truths I want to share with you that I've learned number one building can take time. It takes a lot of time, right? Uh, number two, building can be painful, uh, physically, emotionally, spiritually, relationally. <laughs> you can ask my family. It's it's uh, they've they've seen a side of me over the last few weeks that they probably hadn't seen. Uh, when I hit my when I hit my finger on a nail, or when I or on, on, with a hammer, or when I you know a board falls, or something like that. But but here are the here are the other three, uh, three and four. These building is totally. Worth it. In the end, it's totally worth it. And and number four, last one, building is is so much better when we do it together. Uh, That's one of the most important lessons I've learned. You know, I could have paid somebody to do it. I could have done it myself, and it might have been more precise, or it might have been you know uh, more the way exactly the way I wanted it. But it would have been so much less personal. It would have been. I would have probably been less proud of it than I am proud of what I've got today right there's nothing like that feeling of of looking at something that you built right and saying you know what I did that or 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 better yet we did that you know what I'm talking about uh as I thought about this that this week you know what I thought that'll preach and so that's what I want to do this morning. I want to talk a little bit about uh, kind of a continuation of, of the message last week. Last week I talked about what I call community killers, right? Those, those weapons that the enemy uses to separate us and isolate us and, and disconnect and discourage us. If you were here last week, you remember we talked about three things. We talked about deception and distraction and division, how how God's vision for us is is life and life to the fullest, and these things uh, can can steal and kill and destroy that in our lives. Uh, Ephesians chapter six says, "Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms." It's why the Apostle Paul said to the church in Corinth, uh, "Though we live in the world, we don't wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight." Fight with are not the weapons of this world. I love that song we sang this morning, right? This is how I fight my battles. Well it's different. we're different. We're called to be different. He says, on the contrary, we have divine, power to demolish strongholds. So the question I want us to start with this morning as kind of a continuation of last week is this, if the enemy uses deception and distraction and, and division to steal and kill and destroy our life together, what are those weapons that God has given us as the church to battle deception, distraction, and division? What are those weapons that, that, that God has given us as the church to, to live and fight in such a way for and with one another that, that brings life to the fullest, life abundant, life eternal, life together. What does that look like? What are those things that that God uses to help us tackle every temptation with the truth? Of God's Word? What are those things that God uses to help us fight every forceful distraction and, and, and help us to focus on Christ? What are those things that God has given us to help us unroot those, holy, un, those unholy divisions in our life and in our church so that we might find unity in the Spirit? What does that look like for us? This morning I want to talk about what I call community builders those things that are embedded in the in our dna as the church that help us draw closer to one another and to christ those things that help us draw closer to that vision that god has for us of of the people of god in the place of god dwelling in the presence of god those things that that move us closer that help us build that that vision of sharing life together in christ what are those gifts that god has given us those things that God has prepared us, equipped us with to, to share life together in Christ. To fight those battles of faith each and every day. I, I believe that, that they're, they're found in, in those vows of membership that we take um, when we become members of the fellowship family, when we become members of the church. There's some vows that, that we're called to take when we join this fellowship family. A few weeks ago, if you were with us at our outdoor service, if you were with us, you probably have the sunburn still to prove it. But um, if you were with us on that day, we, we had four families join the church. They, they came forward and said, we want to unite with this family, this fellowship family of faith right out here on the front lawn. And I asked them some questions. It was the same questions that I asked if you were here last week. We had another couple join the church, David and Jill Humphreys and they came forward and I asked them some questions I asked them if they would be faithful to this vision of of sharing life together in Christ and the way that they do that is by uh, offering their prayers their presence their gifts their service their witness I said will you do this and they said we will do you remember that And then I turned to you and I said, hey, will you renew your vows to this fellowship family and and promise to offer your prayers and presents and gifts and service and witness not only to to Jill and, and David who are coming to join with us, but to one another. And you said, we will. I love it every time we do that. Every time someone takes those vows and 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 you renew those vows. It, it reminds me of that passage in Luke chapter 15 where Jesus is telling a parable and he says, there's great rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. I believe every time a community says those vows together, every time someone says those vows, and every time you respond and renew your vows and say, I'm offering my prayers and presents and gifts and service and witness in, in, in union with Christ and his church... In sharing life together, I believe every time someone does that, not only do, do, is there celebrating in heaven, I believe the gates of hell are shaken. I'm reminded of what Jesus said to Peter. Do you remember? He says, on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I believe it, it's not just that it happened, it's that it happens all the time. It's every time we stand up and say, I want to share life together in Christ with you as a family of faith. That's the power of Christ-centered community. It's, it's the gift that God has given us that that we need, that the world around us needs. It it has the power to cause celebration in heaven. It has a has the power to cause a commotion at the gates of hell. It, it, it has the power to create this connection that's like no other connection. It, it's the kind of connection that changes lives and changes churches and changes communities for Christ and for his kingdom. It has the power to transform because you know, at the very root of who we are as, as human beings, I believe we long for this. Whether we know it or not, we long, whether, whether or not we use that word community, I believe we all, every person in this world longs for real relationships. I believe every person in this world longs for, for somewhere to feel safe and, and accepted. I believe that every person in this world longs to be a part of something bigger than themselves. It's why people go to parks and and movies and and bars. It's why people join clubs and and gyms and, and cults. It's why this weekend, people all over the world are going to put, put on jerseys with other people's names on their backs and, and paint their faces and stand outside in the heat and yell and scream and raise their hands, right? It's why, it's why we holler and high-five and hug people we've never met before because of that common commitment to, to a team, to a city, to a state. Now, now there's nothing wrong with that, right? That's good, right, Mark? We enjoy doing that, right? Amen. We, we got our teams and that's good. But, but I share that with you because it highlights something I think that's deeply embedded in our DNA. We all long for community. We, want, we long to be a part of something. We, we want a people to call our people. We want a, a place to call our place. We want a purpose to call our purpose. The Bible teaches us that we were created for community. We were created to share life together. God created us for relationships with with one another and with Him. God, God created us to dwell in a place where we feel loved and accepted. God created us for a purpose as part of His plan for the world. And when sin separated us from God and one another, what did God do? God sent His one and only Son to us. To live and die and rise again to bring us back into right relationship with God and with one another. To bring us back to that place where we can experience the help and healing and wholeness that we long for. To give us hope and a future. To give us new life and new purpose within the context of this thing called community. That's what we celebrate every time we offer those things. Every time we renew our vows before God and one another, this morning I want to I want to touch just real briefly on on all five of those things that that build community. They're, they're what I call the community builders, and 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 I'm gonna go ahead and tell you this is my my point and my purpose for sharing this this morning. My hope is that that you would join me in in becoming a little bit of a builder, not just a builder of bookshelves or swing sets, but but a builder of Christ's church, a builder of the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. The way that we do that is through sharing life together in Christ. Paul says to the Ephesians, In him the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by the Spirit. That's what God is building in and through our relationships with Him and with one another. And we do that through those things, through our prayers and our presence and our gifts and our service and our witness. I want to talk about each one just really quickly this morning and share what God's Word has to say about each one of them. The first one is our prayers. That's where it begins. We are we are a community that commits to pray to, with one, pray for one another, and to pray with one another. Amen. That's where it starts because Jesus Himself said this in Matthew chapter eighteen, verse nineteen. This is the Message version. He says, "When two of you get together on anything at all on earth and make a prayer out of it, my Father in heaven goes into action." I love that. There, there's a missionary teacher pastor, his name is Frank Laubach and and he wrote a number of books on prayer and I read something recently about how he was quoted as saying this to one of his audiences he said this, he said when you're praying for me, I feel a strange power when every person in a congregation prays intensely while the pastor is preaching a miracle happens you know what I got out of that quote basically this, if, if the sermon's not good today, you know whose fault it is But what I really got out of it was this, is that, is that the prayers of the people have power to bring about miracles in the church. I love what, what Lee said at the very beginning of the service today. He said, this is not about just you coming in and consuming worship. It's about you participating. Worship isn't just about what happens on stage. Worship is about us sharing together in what God is doing in our midst. It's about, the, it's about all of our response to the Word of God and to the Spirit of God in worship. I need you and you need me. That's what this is all about. The, the sermon is not what, what I'm saying to you. It's about us participating in it together. And when you're engaged in worship, when you're, you're listening and, and, and participating and, and I can see your heads nodding and, and that you're with me, that, that allows me to preach in a way that, that is different. I preach differently when you're engaged than when, when you're not. I don't know if you realize that or not. Teachers know that, right? When your class is engaged with you, you're more engaged in what you're teaching. And so when you're praying for me, when I know you're praying for me and I'm praying for you, God does something amazing. The Spirit of God moves in a way that, that wouldn't happen otherwise. The prayers of the people have power to bring miracles in the church, not just during the service, but all the time. One, another uh, person, William Penn, said this. He said, Units of prayer combined like drops of water make an ocean which defies resistance. The Bible says the prayers of the faithful are powerful and effective think about when your prayers and my prayers are joined together it says it's like an ocean which defies resistance imagine what God can do with our prayers the prayers of God's people are an unstoppable force for God's kingdom and we're invited to share in this amazing power together so I want to ask you this morning are you are you praying for one another are you praying for for our leaders are you praying with one another? You know, it's great to pray by yourself and we need to pray by ourselves, but we also need to pray with one another. There's something about when we show up and we pray together. Amen? And it's not just the job of our prayer team. It's, it's about all of us. We're all on the prayer team, whether we come to the prayer meeting or not. That brings me to the second thing this morning. It's our prayers, but it's also our presence. The next verse in Matthew 18 says this. It says, when two or three of you are together because of me, you can be sure that I'll be there. Now, see, that tells me that, that when we show up both with one another and for one another, when we practice the, the ministry of presence with people, the presence of Jesus is palpable. You've experienced this before, right? When someone has shown up for you in the name of Jesus and, and you can sense the love of God embodied by that person. Or maybe you have showed up for someone before as a representative of Christ in the church and and they've experienced the love of God because you've expressed the love of God to them. There's a fancy word for this uh, in the church. It's called incarnational ministry. And it's called incarnational ministry because it points us to the incarnation. uh, When God put skin on and came to us and gave us the gift of His presence. Incarnational ministry is basically ministry with skin on that reflects the one who, who John's gospel describes as, as the Word, the Word who was with God and who was God who was with God in the beginning. The, the story in the Bible that's, that illustrates the incarnation is my favorite Bible verse. John chapter 1 verse 14, it says, "And the word became flesh." and dwelled among us the message says and made and moved into the neighborhood (laughs) I love that God himself it says we have seen his glory the glory of the one and only son who came to the father full of grace and truth Jesus gave us the gift of his presence he put skin on and became one of us and God told us and God tells us to go and do likewise. When we do that, people see the grace and truth of God and in and through us. It's why the writer of Hebrews said, let's, not, let's consider how we might spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but all the more encouraging one another all the more as we see the day approaching. Friends, this is, this is the ministry of presence that, that we have God's peop- as God's people have been called to. Every time you show up on Sunday morning for worship, whether it's in person or online, every time you show up on, on Wednesday night for, for small group, whether it's here or whether it's in someone's home or whether it's somewhere else, every time you show up when a friend loses a loved one or or when a neighbor's sick, every time you show up when when your child has a game or, or when your spouse needs to talk... Uh, Whenever you do, whenever you show up, you're practicing the the presence of God by participating in the ministry of presence. And every time we do that, we bring heaven to earth and and it shakes the gates of hell. I believe that. It's the power of, of presence, offering that gift of presence to someone else. That brings me to the third one. It's Prayers presence, gifts. 1 Peter 4 says, God has given each of you a gift from the variety of spiritual gifts, so use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever. And ever, over and over again, the Bible teaches us that that gifts are given and they're essentially these tools and resources that God's given us to serve one another. See, God's blessed us with gifts, not just so that we're blessed, but so that we can be a blessing to others as we share those gifts, whether they're spiritual or financial or relational or practical. And and no gift is more important than than another one of the things they wrestled with in the early church was that some people thought their gifts were better than the other others gifts right and and Paul said no no gift is is better than the other do you know what the most important gift in the church is it's the gift that that you use it's the gift that you give to serve for the glory of God and for the good of the community the gift is not the point the gift points to The end, which is life together with one another in Christ. We're called to serve one another in Jesus' name. That brings me to the fourth one. Number four is service. Prayers, presence, gifts, and service. My favorite passage of scripture that illustrates this is from John chapter 13. Jesus himself gives us this example. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, he took off his outer garment, he wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and he began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around them. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you, he asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that's what I am. But now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I've set an example that you should do as I have done for you. Jesus gave us an example of his unconditional, sacrificial, selfless, service-oriented love by, by kneeling down and washing his disciples dirty, stinky feet. I can't think of anything more humbling. And basically what Jesus is saying is, is if I can do this for you, then you can surely serve one another, right? I heard a pastor say once, we're never more like Jesus than when we're serving. There's no greater way for us to show the love of God than through acts of service. a couple of weekends ago, I had the honor of, of officiating a, a wedding service for some of our folks here at the church, Drake and Allie Parker. And, and it, was one of the first, it was the first time in, in over 50 weddings that I've done in my life where the couple asked me to read this passage from John chapter 13. And instead of lighting the unity candle, their first act as a married couple was to take off their shoes and socks and wash each other's feet. I thought it was such a powerful declaration of not only their love for one another, but their love for Christ. Not just with words, but with actions. I thought about what a powerful witness it was uh, to those in attendance. Of not only their love for one another, but their faith in the one who gave us that example. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. What a powerful witness witness that brings me to the last one the fifth and final one prayers, presence, gifts, service and witness see I think witness is, is the culmination of, of the relationships that are built through prayer and presence and gifts and service and witness it's this celebration of life together as we bear witness to the one who is at the center of our fellowship And I also believe this. I believe that that if we are truly sharing life together in Christ, in the church, then evangelism starts to look like it did in the Gospels, where the way the disciples introduced people to Jesus was through three simple, powerful, personal, relational words. Do you remember what they were? Come and see. Come and see. This is what God is doing and and has done in my life. This is what God has done and is doing in our life together. I want you to come and see. Come and hear all who fear the Lord. Let me tell you what he's done for me. What if. Our witness is simply for people to come and see our lives and our life together and realize that even though we're imperfect and broken and we're a work in progress, kind of like my little work projects I showed you up there on the screen, that this is what it looks like for for someone to, to be in relationship with God and, and one another. This is why our lives are different. This is why we have hope in hopeless situations and peace in the midst of chaos this is why we can love one another even in a world that's so divided and so seemingly filled with hate that speaks louder than any sermon that we could preach Peter says in your hearts revere Christ as Lord always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope that you have but do this with gentleness and respect friends I believe that that our greatest witness to the world today isn't if we can shout louder than those other voices in our world. I believe our greatest witness in the world today is if we can love louder than those other voices in the world today, not just with our words, but with our actions, with our prayers, and our presence, and our gifts, and our service, and our witness. I believe we need to pray more powerfully we need to be present more empathetically we need to give more generously we need to serve more selflessly and when we do that we're participating in building the kingdom of God right here on earth as it is in heaven as we go to do that just remember building can take time building can be painful but building is totally worth it and building is so much better together so So I wanna close this morning by inviting you to join me in becoming a little bit of a builder. Not just of bookshelves and and swing sets, but I wanna invite you to join me in being a builder of Christ's church through life together in Christ. And I wanna encourage you that every prayer that you lift up, whether it's alone or with others, is laying this foundation of faith for us as a community of faith. Every time you show up for worship or small groups or coffee, every time You show up for someone. You're helping put on the shingles of a roof of relationships that could help someone find shelter through the storms of life. Every time you give of your time, your talent, your treasure, your generosity is is generating light in the house for others to see Christ. Every time you serve someone after Christ's example, that sacrificial act might be the steps that lead someone to Christ every time. You bear witness to God's work in your life and in our life together. Each word might be a brick or a board that that God uses to build faith in someone else's life. Faith in our Heavenly Father who loves them so much and who has moved heaven and earth to bring them into that house, to bring them home. In Him, the whole building is joined together. And rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which Christ, God lives by the Spirit. Now don't you want to be a part of a community like that? Don't you want to be a part of something bigger than yourself? Don't you want to be one of those community builders? Well if you do, I want to challenge you to pick just one thing. Just one thing today or this week that you can do to maybe offer to pray for somebody that you know or somebody that you don't know offer the gift of your presence to someone in need offer your time or your talent or your treasure to bless someone else offer to serve in a ministry or somewhere in the community offer to share your story with someone who's going through something every time you do that whether it's big or small the angels celebrate the demons shudder, the kingdom of God advances on earth as it is in heaven. That's what sharing life together in Christ is all about. That's what church is all about. That's what fellowship is all about. That's what I want to be all about. How about you? Will you pray with me? God, thank you so much for your word that that reminds us of who you are and who we are in you that reminds us of all the ways that you are calling us into relationship with you and one another through Christ and in Christ God we thank you that you made a way where there was no way for our our relationship with you and others to be restored and redeemed and renewed God we thank you that That you made a way where there was no way for us to experience life, life abundant, life eternal, life together in and through your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you that your grace meets us right where we are and yet never leaves us there. You call us to new heights and new depths in your love. God, thank you for giving us the gift of salvation. We thank you that it is a free gift of grace. And we thank you that through your grace we can live a life of meaning and purpose, a life filled with significance as we offer our prayers and presence and gifts and service and witness to you, that our lives might be transformed, that we might be a part of the transformation that you're bringing about in this world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. God, we pray as Jesus prayed that that we might be one as you and the Father are one. That you might make us one with Christ and one with each other and one in ministry to all the world. God, all glory and honor is yours. We pray this in his name. Amen. As uh, Lee and Megan lead us in this final song, I want to invite you, if God is speaking to your heart this morning and you want to respond, I want to encourage you to do that. If you're ready to take a next step of faith in in relationship with Christ or with with this church, I would love for for you to come and let me know about that. The altars are open if you want to come pray. Uh, If you want somebody to pray with you, I'd love to do that. But let's use this time to respond to what God is speaking to our hearts today. Would you stand as we worship together?